Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're about to recap week 16. That feels like a crazy thing to say right now. Literally. But it was a great-ass weekend, and uh, happy holidays. Happy Merry Christmas, everyone. And this is the recap of uh, the Christmas games, doubleheader, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, Thursday night and Saturday night. But as always, go down, like, and subscribe. Comment your thoughts on the, the almost felt like a week of football. And I'm Paul, pick and win, I'm conscious, and I'm joined with. And man, you already know it's your boy, Kev. Water boy support, a.k.a. Merry Christmas, Mother Truckers. I love to see it, man. My Falcons did what they needed to do to get the dub. I was going to come out here with my Christmas sweater and stuff like that. I might change into it, but I'm kind of lit right now to make sure I've got my Falcons. And uh, I got um, one of my mini Christmas presents. Shout out to that boy, Kev. Got the yeah, new yeah, coffin yeah. hat and we didn't know. Got the Jack Daniels on the side on the ass. But yeah, but we did what you had to do. I'm happy. I mean, it came out of a team that I still kind of rock with it with the Cowboys, but the Dolphins found themselves. We finally beat a team that's not only in the playoff picture, but also above 500. So it feels good to have a, a nice Sunday, especially Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve game win. Yeah, that was a great win. It was definitely um it was definitely closer than it seemed in the beginning, but like it was definitely a great win for y'all. Y'all showed a great um team. You guys had a lot of team it was a great team effort for y'all all the way through. Yes, what man, it really does feel like a week of football. We have four days of football this uh I can't even say this weekend, but this past week of NFL. Started with Thursday night football. The Rams beat the Saints 30 to 22, which almost feels like a decade ago. But uh mm-hmm. Rams, one of the most high-powered offenses since their bye week. Once again, they put up 30 points. They were kind of blowing out the Rams until the fourth quarter. Um the Saints scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it closer. But honestly, the Rams had they foot on the on the gas pedal this whole game. No, nah, 100 percent I think this the Rams team is showing that they're they're gelling really well at the very good time. They're playing really good football. This is something you see like out of a past Packers team to play so well in the um in December. And more than anything, they've shown that they have a fucking running game, which is scary. Like they Kyron Williams has really been able to um do his thing. And then you got people like Puka and Kuka again, nine uh, fucking coming through with nine receptions with 164 yards and a touchdown. I'll say it again. Nine receptions, 164 yards, and a touchdown. This team is fucking going crazy offensively. More 150-yard games than Randy Moss's rookie season, which was the record. And Puka's just like 100 and some yards away from breaking Randy Moss's rookie record, which is not something you would have thought about. It's like crazy. Like, if he's not going to eat, it's going to be Cooper Cup. And so far, Kyron Williams has eat every game along with the, the passing game. Uh, Kyron Williams is actually the number two running back in rushing yards right now. He's only started 11 games this year. Wow. He's averaging more yards per game rushing than Christian McCaffrey. Uh, like, it's it's kind of insane, his story. Now he's going crazy with it. And he's able to – so far, he's been able to show them the load on that – Um, when they were earlier, they were giving him a lot of um a lot of extra work because of the Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup injuries and like things going around the offenses. But once his offense got into a purest form, he showed that he gelled really well into his role. 
Yeah, no, 100%. And the Derek Carr, you check the stats and think, like, the Saints had a great game. Like, Derek Carr had 300-something yards, multiple touchdowns. But that really wasn't the case. Like, the Rams defense shut them out until the fourth quarter. So, you said Rams are getting hot at the perfect time. Don't look now. They're 8-7 and seven and kind of securing that last wild card spot in NFC. Yeah, that's just fine. Then we had a doubleheader of Saturday games. Steelers stomping the Bengals 34-11. Mason Rudolph had that had the uh stadium going crazy. They were singing Rudolph had a red nose reindeer for Mason Rudolph's last name. George Pickens. We we kind of thought he had a foot out the door type shit. We for outside looking in, but puts up four catches, 195 yards, and two touchdowns. Like maybe not. It's definitely a fucking animal. Didn't expect it. Yeah, I mean, watching this game was pretty fucking crazy. Um, and I was upset because I was listening a lot to a lot of people, and I'm listening to them say, this is the game that shows Jake Browning who Jake Browning is. And I was like, no fucking way. This Bengals team has shown that they have a lot of fight and they've been doing everything they can to make it in the playoffs, even though they don't have their quarterback. But – this week, they did exactly that. They don't held them boys to 11. Jake Browning had 335 yards, a touchdown, but did three picks and got sacked three times. And Jamar Chase didn't play. Even though T. Higgins got five sets for 140 yards, he really did his thing. That just showed that was enough because with all that shit, they only scored 11 points. Yeah. 11. Mm, so that's where the Steelers come in. I think their defense really woke up for this game, and they really have the playoff chances. Hopes are still alive over there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and uh, like they could say, like a win can always fix all the wrongdoing. Because now no one's talking about George Pickens' lack of effort and run blocking abilities and all that stuff. Kind of mm. the noise is quiet down about the Steelers with a win. Yeah, that's real. And uh, next game, the Bills beat the Chargers 24-22. This game, in my opinion, was a lot closer than what it should have been. The Chargers at one point were winning. This, I mean, not at one point. They were winning this game for majority of the game. And in the fourth quarter, 28 seconds left, the Bills kicked the field goal to take the lead. And the Bills do just enough to win this game. But, uh, man, I, I would have had a great-ass weekend if I would have came back to a Chargers beating the Bills. Which was it was was in sight for most of this game. Yeah, the Chargers showed that they've been out those slouches. It definitely was a very um big game. I would say crazy back and forth, but the Chargers definitely hung in there with the Bills, and they're just showing that this Bills team is looking really really good. But they kind of made them show quite look quite mortal this week. Yeah, and uh, Cameron Dicker for the Chargers hit five field goals, and I meant to tell you, but his. Pro Bowl thing for him, his push for the Pro Bowl, he's doing like old school, like running for governor type ads. Like, hey, I'm Cameron Dicker here. And are you tired of this? And he'll show like clips of like a kicker missing a field goal to win the game. And he's like, then vote for me for this year's Pro Bowl. And Jit, I mean, Jit's kind of killing the game when it comes to uh, getting the push for the Pro Bowl. Nah, for I respect it. Five field goals. I'd go for your last two. Yeah, I mean, definitely was the MVP for this, this damn team. Uh, Bills, you're lucky y'all didn't lose this game because this was a this was itching like another Bills loss for most of the game. 
Then on to the Sunday slate. This was Christmas Eve, Kev. Um, if y'all don't know, that boy Kev pulled up on me. Had a good Christmas Eve Christmas over here. So we got to watch some of these games together. Starting off with the craziest game of them all, the Browns blowing out the Texans 36-22, to Kev. We was watching Joe Flacco sling that shit like it's 2010 all over again. Bro, this game is fucking insane. First off, you called that shit. And I want to say you called it, but, like, you called it, like, like you really knew this shit was going to go down. Joe Flacco still has oh, something in the gas tank. And you ride into the wheels fall off, so I respect it. But I didn't see this coming at all. I mean, 36 points. Flacco, don't look down. They're on a four-game win streak. That's scary. Joey Feezy, as I've been calling him now. They're 10-5. and five. The defense is still the defense. Amari Cooper puts up 265 receiving yards to break Josh Gordon's record. Two touchdowns to go along with it. Like, Joe Flacco to Amari Cooper in the last couple of weeks is looking like one of the most dynamic duos, and you never would have expected it. It's very tiny. And the fact that they're doing this without the crazy best one game. And yeah, no, no, no. And shout out Kevin Stefanski, who really should be in the country year conversations for what he's been able to do with his team this year. Yeah, there's a couple. Like, even Sean McVay. Like, I know they had the talent with, like, Matthew Stafford, but there's some of these coaches that are, like, really taking a team that no one expected to do anything. Kevin Stefanski, mm-hmm. Sean McVay. Like, just, they really separate themselves from the, the rest of the crop. Hell, yeah. And. The Texans, no C.J. Stroud. They got their one and one. They're sitting at eight and seven. But C.J. Stroud comes back for the next game. But it couldn't come any sooner because they need a couple wins to to tag along uh, with this AFC uh, standings. Yeah, it's going crazy right now. And the only thing that kills me is that I was watching this game and I said, I really picked this Texans without C.J. Stroud. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, you missed the last week, the week before they won. You missed the you missed the one to jump on uh jump on the wagon then. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then our next game, this game was getting kind of scary. It went down to the wire for no reason. The Jets beat the Commanders 30 to 28. And it wasn't until Jacoby Brissett came in the game when it became a game. With Sam Howell at the helm, the Jets were beating the life out of Washington. Really? Yeah, they were. They were getting fucked all the way fucked up. Yeah, it was a – what was the score? It was like third quarter. Yeah, third quarter, seven. 27 to 7 before they uh, finally bench him. And Jacoby Brissett comes in with a touchdown, and then he leads two more drives in the fourth quarter for touchdown. And we're sitting here like, oh, shit, it's a ball game. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of Jacoby. So when he comes in and see him um, make it work, it makes it work. I was just shocked that it really became a game like that because this commander's team did not look good even slightly with Sam Howell. But with the same personnel and just a switch to Jacoby Brissett and maybe a couple of the motivational speeches, they made it work. But what about the other team? The Jets, Brees Hall, yeah. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, that was all their offense. <laughs> like every play went to one of them. And they figured it out. But, yeah, the Jets team doesn't look good, but 
They definitely um got the dub this week and they were able to hold out the shot the ticker for kicking that game on the field goal. Rag the leg. Mm-hmm. That shit was far too, wasn't it? It wasn't like fifty five or something like that. Yeah, it was like a fifty it wasn't no short shit. It was like either fifty four yarder or fifty five yarder. Oh, then our next game. This game came down to the wire. The Seahawks beat the Titans twenty to seventeen. I was on Mike Rabel. You were on the Seahawks. They squeezed it out with the fourth quarter uh, game-winning touchdown from Geno Smith. But how did you feel about this game? Because it was close. Sorry, the Seahawks. Yeah, the Seahawks squeaking. They win. Oh man, I mean. I was watching this game and I was thinking, like, I really need the Seahawks to win for my mental health at the moment because there was so much random shit going down. But the fact that the Titans came back on this was scary. Um, who was it? Not Will Levis that was eating for them. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, when Ryan Tannehill came back in the game, we went crazy. I was just like, what the fuck is going on right now? What Twilight Zone is this shit? So, yeah, I mean, I would probably start Ryan. The one, my biggest takeaway from this game was that the Seahawks don't quit. And they're not the best team, but they're a team that's going to do – that understands how to win, and they're going to keep that standard. And then as well as – um, to start Ryan Tannehill, so – Shout out to Seahawks game this win this week. I know there are a few Seahawks fans that are happy about it. Yeah, I mean, they needed this win because uh, we spoke on the Rams at eight and seven. They're in the same division. Now the Seahawks are eight and seven. It really could be three NFC West teams making this playoffs right now for the NFC side. Mm, no, that's real. We didn't deserve it. <laughs> and then uh Another team that needed a win for the NFC side of things, the Falcons, Kev. We got to watch them kind of blow out the Colts 29-10. to 10. Taylor Heineke gets the dub for them boys. The defense gets the dub. But start to finish, y'all had kept Gardner Minshew at bay. Um, Michael Pittman didn't do anything. I think he was out for the game. But y'all really – Jonathan Taylor couldn't get shit going. And the Falcons just kept setting up field goal position, field goal position to win this game. How did you feel about your dirty birds? Oh, man, I was so lit. Because one thing, it was never really in doubt for the show. And then Heineke just played so well. Like, he really wanted that starting position. He wants that starting position. So it was pretty awe-inspiring to see the team come together, not look not look fucking stupid or horrendous or atrocious, and just win. Yeah, I mean, Arthur. Uh, Chris, eight, um, Gibbs, eight. I don't think who else scored five. Um, I mean, I did Bijan eight. Um, Jesse Bates got the pick. Everybody did their thing. Oh yeah, Jesse Bates did get the pick. I think they said he's almost damn near all pro. Like, like for sure this year, it's gonna be all pro. Mm. And then our next game, Kev, the Packers almost losing to the Panthers, thirty-three to thirty. They needed the game-winning field goal. You were sitting there next to me. We're both sitting there. How the fuck are the Panthers about to win this game? And Bryce Young almost was him until he ran out of time. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of times where Bryce Young – I don't think – I would have given up on Bryce Young if I was anybody. 
But there were a lot of times where he just got like, fuck, there's no way you want to even deal with this. Yeah, he was getting sacked all day, but didn't on that last drive, he throws the ball over the middle with like eight seconds left and tries to spike it. Like it was that was like kind of that was like a Dak Prescott esque moment. Yeah. With the Green Bay Packers, uh, how many wins is that now? They're seven and eight. They need to win out. Do you think they they might be in that wild card picture? Truthfully, no. But anything can happen. Yeah, they, you know they don't strike you as a wild card team. Uh maybe it's because they still have that sound off for that loser streak they had in a row. I would uh, like forget about one piece for a second. <laughs> All right. Well, reason I bring them up is because we're about to talk their neck their division. We have the Lions beating the Vikings, thirty to twenty-four. Kev, you have your your Lions eleven and four, first time division champion since nineteen ninety-three. Nah, man! Shout out the motherfucking Lions and the fact that this game almost got fucked up. But we're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna shout out the boys for the first time in thirty years doing something, making history, and it all started with beating the Chiefs at the beginning of the season. That's true. Week one. Yeah, they did something. They're doing phenomenal things out there. MCBC, Jared Goff's holding on to the ball. Jameer Gibbs, two touchdowns. Like, ah, shout out to my Lions. Yeah, and Nick Mullins throwing four interceptions on the day. That doesn't help the fucking Vikings. At all. That, I feel so bad for him, bro. Kirk Cousins. No Kirk Cousins, and they're really going through it right now. Right. Justin Jefferson was snapping shit. There was, I want to say it was like a third or fourth down in the fourth quarter. He went up with two people and snagged that hole. Yeah, they're one of the best catches on the year. It was it was against two people, and he was definitely not in the right position. Facts, but he made it happen. So shout out them. I mean, shout out them. Shout out the bank, and yeah, we'll see what happens after I make the phone calls and shit. Yeah, he secured. They secured the division title first since '93. Shout out the Lions. Next game. Not secured yet, but Kev, the Buccaneers are eight and seven. They just beat the Jaguars thirty to twelve. And Trevor Lawrence throws two interceptions, and Baker Mayfield has finally found himself his his uh, his home, I guess you could call it. So yeah, how do you feel about the Bucks and how they're looking going into this uh, this heated playoff race? I mean, I think they're just peaking at the right time. Shout out them! Shout out them! They're just peaking at the right time, playing really good ball in December. And if they continue this level of play, they continue turning it up. Maybe the defense goes even crazier. Mike Evans keeps making these spectacular ass catches and great plays. They can continue the same success. And on the other side, Kev, the Jags were eight and four. Now they're eight and seven. How how are you feeling about them come this playoffs? Like the playoffs are right there and they're really fumbling it. No, nah, literally. So like I don't know. Well, we do have to remember that Trevor Lawrence is hurt. We can't, we can't just make it seem like this is out of nowhere. But he is a little tweaked. They are fumbling the fuck out of the Ducks. They're winning the division. They're one of the better teams in the league. Now they're eight and seven or seven and eight. I can't even remember anymore. They're eight and seven. They're holding on to that five hundred. There's a lot of motherfuckers that are eight and seven for no reason. Yeah, no, but yeah, the Bucks are peaking. They just have to keep this up for the division. Jack, same thing. The the Texans are eight and seven, and CJ Stroud's coming back. <clears throat> There's no room for error on either side. Nah, that shit's facts. 
And then the Bears beat the Cardinals 27 to 16. I appreciate you getting me to change my pick from the Cardinals to the Bears because Justin Fields and DJ Moore were definitely doing that thing. Khalil Herbert runs for 112 yards all over the Cardinals. And Kyler Murray had a great day. James Conner had a great day. You can't even say that like he didn't play his ass off. It was just their their defense is getting they just got ran over. My boy said he's playing for his job. Yeah, he was playing. I mean, he had two touchdowns, I think 230 yards. He was definitely using his feet. He definitely looked good. Yeah, for sure. I would say, I don't even think Justin Justin Jefferson had, like, crazy poor numbers like that. Like, honestly, he had, like, 170 yards for one touchdown and a pick, which, and a pick, which isn't terrible. And then most of those, most of those um 179 yards, a lot of them came on this 53-yard play to um, – to commit or DJ yeah, commit. yeah, commit, and then the rest about the DJ more pretty much. So I think they just keep building around him. This this Bears team will continue to look more and more dominant and feasible. Yeah, they're six and nine, and they since he's came back from his injury, I think they're like four and two or four and one, something like that. Like they're winning games now, which is not something we were saying about the Bears at all for the last year and a half. Yes, sir. And then I got um. Never mind, never mind. And uh, but Bears and Cardinals, Cardinals low key are fighting for the last place right now with the Patriots. <clears throat> Bring that yeah. up because the next game we're talking is the Patriots beating the Broncos twenty six to twenty three. Now the Patriots, now the Cardinals have the the worst record in the league, and the Patriots are four and eleven with one, one more win than the Cardinals. No, no, I should have. Fucking insane how that works like that. And Bill, but I try to say it. I didn't pick him, but I did say like, what if Bill doesn't care if he loses, as long as it's not to his old buddies like Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, like all these court, all these coaches from that come from back in the day that he knows for ten plus years, and he has he beat Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, and he beat <laughs> Sean Payton. At mile high at Arrowhead. I mean, at Arrowhead at mile high. So it I, it sucks to be a Bronco County oh landowner, Kev. So I gotta hear how you feel about them losing to the Bronco. I mean, to the Patriots. But man, it's crazy to see this Patriots squad is not has this not given up yet. They they're not like they at least have not given up. They they haven't played like bitches at all all season. They may have sucked at certain points in the season, but they still are they're still playing. Yeah, but um, the Broncos, uh, Patriots. Mm, Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. It's fun. It's fun, and it's fun having real estate in Bronco County because it's so up and down. You never know what the fuck the next move is. So I wasn't mad that it went like that, but ah, uh, why did y'all fuck that up? <laughs> yeah. And Corlin Sutton got hurt, like, the, one of the very first plays of the game. So, that was kind of a big piece of the Broncos' offense. That's the motherfucker that be scoring points. Hell, yeah. Bill gets another win, and maybe he does get fired. Do you think he coaches his ass off to get them out of a, a top pick before he leaves? Says, fuck y'all. Y'all not going to get the best pick in the draft? No, nah, I think he, they, they, they don't fire him. They mutually part ways. <laughs> 
All right, now. Mutually part ways. And uh, I forgot to bring it up in the heat of the battle, but the Dolphins beat the Cowboys, Kev, 22-20. to 20. We watched this game live. This was this was down to the heater until we took the field goal to win the game. Our defense made some big stops, but their defense played some good stuff. But I'm just happy as hell. We finally beat a team in the playoffs and beat a, a, a high-caliber team. People can bitch and moan that the refs helped us out, but it's football. Every week, the refs seem to help out somebody. Facts. And Tua almost had 300 yards on one of the best defenses. He didn't. He only threw one touchdown, but no interceptions, no fumbles. Raheem Morstert, he scored a, a, a receiving touchdown, but he didn't get much done on the ground. It was a lot of defense with a couple of points scored here and there. So I we we it wasn't like we had to really like drag this one out and find a way to win. So I'm happy we did. On to the next. How do you feel about this uh, Cowboys Dolphins? Oh man, I mean, shout out the Dolphins for getting that top five win. I think you guys, we talked about it on the preview. We talked about this is, this is your chance to come in and show out. Shout out to him, always silencing haters. I like that the fact that he was still hitting that boy Jalen Waddle. They're doing their thing. They always have that great chemistry. And I like how this game was close. It was a lot closer in the beginning. And then you guys kind of started to stray away and get farther and farther. But it came down to the wire. Yeah. And Jason Sanders, we trusted the leg. That boy hit like five five or four field goals. No, nah, nothing but respect. But I thought it was shocked that your defense was able to stop their run game like they did. Tony Pollard only had 38 yards, homie. And he fumbled. He fumbled a, a very crucial place set us up for points. Mm-hmm. But when C.D. Lamb first started the game, I don't want to say he got like an end around. It was like some crazy play, and he, he scored. I was like, oh, it's going to be a long back and forth game. And it was for the most part, but a lot, a lot of defense too. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I forgot to bring up that one. On to the Monday night games or Monday day games. Starting off with the upset, the Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs 20-14. to Jack Jones does the pick six and uh, stares down Patrick Mahomes during the pick six. The play before that is a fumble recovery touchdown for the Raiders, completely dominating them defensively. How did you feel at 1 o'clock watching this Raiders team beat the Chiefs, Kev? Pretty fucking lit. It was crazy because um, you think you, you think every bone in your body says there's no way that the Raiders would upset the Chiefs in December. But the Chiefs have already lost three of the last four or something like that, two of the last three or something like that. No way that's going to go down like that. And this motherfucker did. <laughs> Taylor Swift pulled up with Santa Claus, bro. Nah, that's just funny. But everybody's hot right now because they're saying that this Chiefs does not look like the same Chiefs team. And I'm like, duh. Like, <laughs> you're, giving, you're putting a workload on Travis Kelsey that, like, you're losing people and you're just putting a higher workload on your best players because you're losing people. Like, I doubt that you'll be good either. Aiden O'Connell has 62 fucking yards and they beat him, bro. Samir White had 145 rushing yards. They ran down the throat. But they were talking about in the third quarter, like almost in the end of the third quarter, how they're beating the Chiefs and Aiden O'Connell hasn't completed a pass in his last 10 throws. And I was like, that's an insane stat. (laughs) What? No, that shit is crazy, but they did the damn thing. 
I think the Chiefs need to figure this shit out and mesh back well, but they're out of the number one seed contention after this. Oh yeah, bro. They're they're gonna be traveling this year. It's gonna be a different Chiefs. We haven't seen them travel in the playoffs. Yeah, but that's if we make it. Just a snap right now. And then at four o'clock, we saw a game that wasn't supposed to be this close, but man, it was. The Eagles beat the Giants thirty-three to twenty-five. A little bit of Tommy DeVito, a little bit of Tyrod Taylor. It wasn't enough to upset the Giants, but man, this was close. I mean, Jalen Hurts throws the pick six. Um, it made it like eighteen twenty going into the fourth quarter. This was a ball game. This was a barn burner. Oh uh, yeah. Jalen, uh, they the Jalen Hurts and them boys. They end a three game win streak. They reign on top of the eight, the NFC East now. At eleven and four, but is is there some crack to this Eagles team? Is there is is it not the same, the same type of team that people were expecting after the first few weeks? Or what's your thoughts on this squad? Uh, everybody has a, everybody has a fucking um, opinion on how to um, fix this Eagles team. I think one of the most interesting ones I seen was that, um, that he should find some like he shouldn't be working. He should only be focused on. It was crazy. But um, how do I feel about this game? Yeah, or even the Giants. I mean, yeah, they're five and ten, but Tyrod came in. Tommy DeVito didn't play well. Shaquan played great. Shaquan did his thing. Yeah, shout out Tyler Taylor for making the game close, man. But yeah, I mean, the Giants are a team that's going to the playoffs, but they are a team that's been showing fight and promise. And then I think that looks good for Brian Dayball, at least for anything else. Yeah, yeah, he still has the locker room under control. He's, he's he got these boys ready to play every week. Facts and like the Eagles, and you just um you just stood with you just stood in the paint with one of the best of them. Yeah, no, I will say I think it showed me a lot more on the Giants, like more like the the, the balls point of view and everything. Like he still got he can still coach his ass off than it did for the Eagles. The Eagles, you can't feel good about this game. Like y'all were a fourteen point fucking favorite, and it was a barn burner. Like they had to go back up quarterback, and this game was still close. Like, what's going on right now? Um, just you gotta get locked in because y'all have only won all your games by like one possession. Like when you look at the plus and minuses of the NFL, they don't really have a great plus or minus because they every game they win, it's only been by like three points or less, four points or less, and the games they lost were blowouts to the Cowboys and Forty Niners. Hmm. Nah, that shit is crazy. Um, but yeah, next game, the other big upset of the weekend. The biggest game right now everyone's talking about because it was Monday Night Football. We was both on the right side of history. The uh, Ravens beating the 49ers 33-19. to Brock Purdy throws four. Not one, not two, not three, but four interceptions. And along with that, his MVP odds are out the window. He's no longer in the running. Lamar Jackson is leading the league. I mean, leading um in the odds right now. We we was kind of hitting on it before the game. Like Lamar's the only one that's been consistent. Like through like he might actually walk away with this motherfucking trophy. If uh, and I now he's leading it. And the only test he has left is the Dolphins a couple weeks from now. Where. We'll see how that goes, but he really could have like just stole the MVP after the two weeks away from the end of the season, right out of their hands. But yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens team is the best team in the NFL. 
and that's by far. And the way that they put a systematic beat down on them. But my craziest thing is the offense scored on seven straight um possessions or something like that. So the offense did their thing. But their defense made Kyle Shanahan as a play caller look regular. Like they really came through and fucked and raised havoc the entire day on defense. Marlon Humphrey got the pick. Like they went crazy. But two of the points the 49ers got the safety, they got an interception and their back was against the wall. And then it was that bogus illegal intentional grounding with someone when the receiver, you know, like when the fuck up happened, they give him the intentional grounding. Mm hmm. You take like that was the opening points for the 49ers. And I'm not trying to say that's where all the points came from, but that's like the Ravens fucked up and gave them points. Well, that's because they stole the ball from them. They got an interception and like they put they pinned them against the wall. They made uh, I try to say like they hit harder than anyone in the league. They are the most physical team in the NFL. The 49ers got smacked in the mouth. They ran into – like, they thought they were hard-hitting. They thought Fred Warner was a mean linebacker, bro. And then they ran into Roquan Smith, Kyle Hamilton. Um, this this for, this Raven squad really could be the best Raven squad we've seen by far. And they people were screaming it, like, give Lamar some weapons. Get him an offensive coordinator that throws the ball downfield. They did those two things this offseason. <laughs> I, I respect that. I mean, in the beginning of the season, a lot of us were saying, wow, what the fuck is wrong with this Ravens team? They're not meshing at all. But I think they just had to figure out the kinks. They got things together. They were still winning games early in the season. So now that this Ravens team is kind of like peaking and doing what they're supposed to do, it's kind of amazing what this offense is able to make shape. And Lamar, the coolest run was a 30-yard run by Lamar before halftime to get them boys in field goal range. Because you're seeing the way that he's running. He's even running like he's actually looking for everything safe. He's safe. He's choosing safety first. Like, he's really doing his thing. So, shout out Lamar for just growing as he has as a passer and running as an all-around quarterback. Yeah, and his case for MVP is not only does he have the, uh, the number one team in the NFL, and if he beats the Dolphins and he beats the 49ers and we end respectively on record as the number two and three team, it's like, well, you beat the top, the other top teams throughout the league. And um, if you put his rushing stats with his passing stats, he's either number one or number two in total yards. Uh, so, like, he's definitely doing it right now. Yeah, that's real. It, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, Ravens, we, one thing that has always held the Ravens back has been the postseason, though. So, we – they're All they gotta team that got to prove it further than just the regular season. Facts. All they got to do is prove it in the regular, prove it in um, prove it in the playoffs, and then that's when we can really get on it. Get the real. This is uh, the real results. We can see what they really built with. Mm-hmm. But again, appreciate everybody for watching. But we just that that's the whole slate of games from Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Four days of football this last week. As always, you don't like and subscribe. Comment what you thought on the uh, weekend. Any uh, any tickets you cashed in? Any bets you uh, placed? Anything like that? Let us know. I'm Paul. Pick and win them. I'm joined with Kevin, Waterboy Savoy. And if y'all didn't know, now y'all know, motherfuckers. Yeah.